With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Jesse Rogers from ESPN joining us right now, and he was on the scene for those conversations that we were just bringing up. So, Jesse, what are your thoughts on the stare down between Scott Boris and the Cubs front office slash ownership. And how you doing, man? Oh, I'm doing good. This this was pretty interesting today with the owner, Tom Ricketts. I mean, you guys know, know how it works with owners. They don't do media every day. So this is, you know, one of two or three times he's going to talk this season. And um, the bottom line is, in my opinion, he said the quiet, loud, uh, quiet stuff out loud. And the quiet stuff is that he and Scott Boris don't have that kind of relationship where they negotiate and come up with deals and um, have beers afterwards and, you know, um, all that stuff. It's a cordial relationship, but there's no negotiation between Scott Boris and ownership when it comes to the Cubs and their clients. And, you know, I've said this a bunch of times, written it a bunch of times. It's, it's pretty fascinating to me, and it's maybe a little inside baseball. Maybe we've talked about it before, but... They have not signed a Boris client to a multi-year year deal in at least a decade. I mean, I had to go back by hand and, and look this stuff up. Um, and you have to remember, they drafted Chris Bryant, who won an MVP, didn't extend him. They traded for Jake Arrieta, won a Cy Young, didn't offer him a new deal or didn't bring him back. Um, the, the list goes on and on. So here's Bellinger. Yes, a one-year deal, but they haven't done a multi-year big, big deal with any Boris client. And remember, he's got a lot of good clients. So, again, he said the quiet part out loud, but nothing that we didn't know. They just don't sign those guys because they cost a lot. And I think that Jed Hoyer and Tom Ricketts are kind of on the same page. They're not willing to push their chips all in. Maybe, maybe, maybe if they get closer to a World Series, but they're not quite there yet. They're not close to it, really. Okay, before we dig into this whole Ricketts-Boris feud, uh, you work for ESPN. I know ABC and ESPN are partners, but... Are you ABC seven? Do they do Cubs yes. games? Cause I'm super confused why you would have that shirt on. I mean, I know yes. you're a giant Cub fan. You're trying to suck up. So explain. <laughs> Stop it. it just happens that ABC sevens colors are blue. AJ, you know that you were in Chicago a long time. So we are owned by the same company. So I'll do some local news back in Chicago and, you know, do a package and stand up and all that stuff that we do. So yes, ESPN, ABC seven, and basically anybody willing to pay my kids college tuition. <laughs> yeah, I always thought you had a face made for radio, but that's a whole different thing. Oh. Here you are on TV, everywhere. It's that's amazing. Lots yeah. of makeup. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but, I mean, there's other teams. The we, the Braves, I think, don't sign Boris guys. There's a few other teams that have had a hard time. So is this just the industry trying to whack, take a shot at Boris? Because it doesn't. You know, there are other teams that haven't done it either. You mentioned the Cubs' long history of not signing Boris clients, and you you might mentioned some of the big names, Arietta and. You know, obviously Chris Bryant, but why not? Is it because he asked too much? Is it because I just talked about the Yankees and Snell and like they're bidding against themselves, it seems yeah. like. So they're not going to do it. And the Cubs are just like, we figured this kind of out. We're going to take a step back and make them come to us. Yeah, I think there's a little bit of everything in there. Um, like, you know, people wonder about that Chris Bryant deal. Who who were the Rockies bidding against? I'm still looking for that other team. And they, 
They offered him a massive deal that I don't think anybody else was going to do. And and kudos to Boris for getting that deal done. But maybe a deal like that, just using that as an example, um, it, 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 you know, scares some people off. I don't want to bid against myself. I, I you know, I don't know all the inside baseball um, maneuverings of these negotiations, but look, he gets a lot of the best players. So those are going to be massive, massive deals. And I do think it takes either an aggressive GM or an aggressive owner to cut a 10 year, 200, $250 million uh, check. And there are certain off seasons. You don't have those owners in play. San Diego wasn't in play this year. That's a Boris team. The Nats in the past have been in play. Not so much again. Now the Yankees after getting soda, one of his soda, one of his guys, not necessarily in play. So I think there's a little bit of everything. I think there's some doubts about Bellinger and Snell in particular, despite their great seasons. Um, and that's not me talking. That's other people. I actually think Bellinger more than proved himself last year. So I think there's a combination of factors going on. But, yeah, I think when you see major teams not signing Boris clients, it's probably more than just a coincidence. I, that, that, that much I can tell you. It's more than just a coincidence. So then what's next for the Cubs? Because they haven't exactly been hot with the pen signing people. Is this offseason going to come to an end in the sense that now we're in spring training? It's still the offseason. Opening day, if they don't sign anybody, maybe like a J.D. Martinez to a one-year deal, have they done enough to make Cubs fans go, oh, yeah, this is the team that we need? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Um I've been on your show before. Uh, anybody that listens to me on the radio, anywhere, I talk about left-handed slug like it's, um, you know, you need it like you need a, a number one and number two starter. If you don't have left-handed slug, you can get away with a decent regular season. It will come back to bite you at some point. It's happened to the Blue Jays in the playoffs. It's happened to the White Sox in the past. I've spoken on this ad nauseum. You don't have Bellinger. You don't have enough left-handed slug on this team. You just don't. So J.D. Martinez is fine. They need him. But whatever they do, it won't be enough. It won't, on paper, be a better team than last year. Doesn't mean that the second rain farm system can't produce some stars out of nowhere, the next rookie of the year. Like, surprises would have to happen for the Cubs to have a better season and make the playoffs. And Craig Council could be that surprise. Maybe he's worth five to seven wins. Um, but on paper, they're not better without Bellinger, no matter who they bring in, because they will not have enough left-handed slug and if it's all righties, right-handed pitchers, which dominate the league, will shut you down eventually. So you can get away with it for a while, but eventually that's going to bite you. And they and that's why he's so valuable to them. But they are willing to walk away from him. And again, maybe they fill it in with a righty, but it, it's not the same as having a lefty in the middle of that lineup. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You, you mentioned Craig Council, and they went out and paid a boatload for him what is he saying we heard from Ricketts I mean I know he's going to give manager talk but is there any rumblings behind the scenes he's like man I got eight year eight million a year for five years I thought we were going you know quote the Red Sox full throttle bringing in some dudes to compete for the World Series this year and honestly they just like you said haven't done enough 
Yeah, I mean, there's no rumblings yet. It, if this maybe if this was year two, you know, he's just getting his feet wet learning people. But I, I think in his heart of hearts, he's probably a little bit, a little surprised. I had heard sort of casually that he had pushed for the Hector Neris signing. That's a one-year, $9 million deal for reliever. Cubs don't do a lot of those kinds of deals for relievers. So I think he saw his bullpen was a little short and pushed for him. Um, so I would, and I asked him straight out, do you think you have enough offense, you know, without Bellinger? And he, he gave a long answer. And I, I, I feel like the longer a man, uh, the answer is, the more you're trying to find the answer, right? It wasn't a direct, oh, we got this guy in right, this guy in left, this guy at first. It was like, Eventually, he said, we'll have enough. But, you know, they're, they're hopefully putting Christopher Morell at third. They hope he can play there. Michael Bush is the rookie uh, first baseman from the Dodgers they picked up. Their corner outfielders aren't exactly 30 to 40 home run guys in Suzuki or Hap. It, they're just short on power. They have some at shortstop, but they are short on power, especially without Bellinger. So um, it, it, it's going to be a grind offensively for sure. But they do have some defense in okay pitching staff right now. Jesse, how much of this has to do with the style of Jed Hoyer compared to Theo Epstein in the past? So I've heard that Theo was the more aggressive one. Jed kind of kept everything in check, maybe more of the long-term thinking, and they balanced each other well. Plus, Theo is, I would assume, very good at convincing his bosses on things that he needs to do, just like a Dombrowski would be in Philadelphia, right? So I get the sense that between Jed and listening to Carter Hawkins do some public interviews – that they keep talking about, oh, a price that kind of meets what we're looking for. Trying to, they keep trying to talk about bargains versus players that they actually want to go after. Yeah. No, there's some truth to that. I, I have this working theory that you either need an aggressive owner and conservative GM or vice versa. Think of David Stearns and Steve Cohn. Think of Andrew Friedman and the Dodgers organization. Um, I think Jed Carter and Tom Ricketts, the owner, are kind of similar in styles. And you're right, Theo was more of that gunslinger. But I think also Tom Ricketts saw, look, Jason Hayward deal, he's long, you know, and then these other huge, huge deals, Pulos deal. Eventually, you know, maybe Bryce Harper's deal won't look great. Who knows? Like Bogart's deal, trade turn. Eventually, these deals, I don't think they have a stomach for them. And I think you're right. They, and it's a, it's a tough question. Do you sign players to deals that you know today are going to be bad someday? Or do you try to roster build and create something more flexible where you can win consistently every year? I mean, the problem is you, you can't really win at all without stars. You know, once in a while you can find that rounded roster that works. But um, if everyone's paying 200 million, do you pay 200 million? You know, that's the question mark, even if you don't believe in it. Right now, they don't believe in it and they're not paying that price tag. Uh, they're, they're, I don't think there's any chance they signed Cody Bellinger to 200 million this offseason, for example. Say a Suzuki going to be an all-star this year. I mean, this is a guy that had a 840 OPS two years ago. I picked him to be the rookie of the year. He kind of started out hot, great plate discipline. Game kind of got a little too fast for him throughout the year. Could he Could he get into the 900 OPS? Could he be an all-star this year? I think it's a great, great question. Um, let me say this. Besides maybe Morell. Suzuki probably has the highest offensive ceiling on this team, but we haven't seen it. The guy's in great shape. I stood next to him in the locker and I looked even weaker and smaller than I normally do. I mean, or felt it, I should say. He is he is built. He's ready. Um, we'll see. First year, some diet problems, didn't, you know, adjusting. Second year, streaky. Like, can he be that consistent six-month guy who has a, a great month or two 
to propel him to the next level. I, I don't know the answer. I think it's in him. I think it's in him. Um, but I, I want to. I need to see it. I, it's there. The talent's there. He just has to do it for six months, and you guys know more than anyone how hard that is. So I, I'll say that ceiling's high. He just has to reach it. Okay. You, you, we mentioned we keep talking about Bellinger and, and, and you know the moves. They, they did make some moves. Uh, they brought in some some nice pieces to help them win, try to win this division. But right now, can the Cubs win this division with the way the roster is constructed? Are they a better team than the Reds? Are they better than the Brewers? Are they better than the revamped Cardinals? Can they win this division? And if they do, can they do damage in the playoffs without bringing in some more pieces? Um, no on the playoffs because, again, that's where you get exposed if you don't have enough left-handed hitting. So I know I'm being very specific, but but in general, they're not in the Philadelphia, Atlanta, Dodgers, even Padres if they rebound range. They're just not. But, yeah, they can get in in this division. I'm picking the Reds as of today to win the division. Um, I think the Cubs and the Brewers will be right there behind them. I don't know about what the Cardinals are exactly. Are they are they due for that rebound or are they due to keep sliding because – their position players are getting a little bit older, the corner guys, and and we don't know about that starting staff. So I'm not sure what the Cardinals are. I know the Reds are, are moving in the right direction, and the Brewers should at least be decent. Um, but I, the Cubs are right there in the mix. I, I do think the Reds have the most talent, though. Go ahead, Kratz. You can ask. What's what's your starting rotation? Let's let's end with that. Well, I want to hear what his starting one, two. You go into a series. That's and, and I got I got burned last year because I picked the Brewers to go all the way because of their one through three that they had in their starting rotation. And Big Wu went down before playoffs ever even started, and they got slapped in the face by the Diamondbacks. But who are the Cubs? One, two. Tyon and Steele? I love Justin Steele. I think he is awesome from the left side. But that's your one, two going into a series, which your bullpen is going to be depleted because they don't have much other starting pitching? Or am I missing somebody? No, no, no. You, 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 the only one you'd be missing would, would be Imanaga, 30-year-old rookie from Japan. But Steele, by default, is your number one, nearly finished in the, in the finals for Cy Young voting. He just fell off a little bit at the end. So he's clearly their number one. He wouldn't be the number one on a lot of playoff teams. So it's Steele. I, I would have to put him Imanaga second right now and tie on third with the, you know, the mainstay, Kyle Hendricks, who's been here a decade, four and then Jordan Wicks, the lefty changeup guy, and Javier Assad pitched well for Team Mexico last year. That's your five and six. But it's 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 Steele, Imanaga, Tyon Hendricks, you know, interchangeable there. I mean, they could use Jordan Montgomery. I mean, they could put him right near the top with Steele, and they'd be a lot better off. And so, yeah, this is why it could have a decent regular season. But when you get into playoffs, left-handed slug, starting pitching, lockdown relief core, they really don't have it at the at an elite playoff level. Then again, some people might say the Diamondbacks didn't either. And, you know, certainly Tom Ricketts has pointed the Diamondbacks several times as, hey, just get in and anything can happen. And we know that's true. What? Diamondbacks <laughs> had two Cy Young candidates, Merrill Kelly and a Cy Young winner. And they had Corbin Carroll, the rookie of the year, with your yeah. with your slug. Gallon didn't win Cy. Yeah, but, got, got sorry, sorry. Top, he's top a, three. Top He's three. a side yeah. guy. I yeah. get it. Yeah, this is different. So, uh, Jesse, appreciate the time, dude. All great info. I know you got a lot going on there. Um, thank you. Appreciate it. And we'll talk to you soon, all right? You got it, guys. Take care. White Sox, 
Good luck, AJ. It's going to be a long Go one. Sox. Go Sox. Go Yeah, Jesse. notice how this was 15 why you minutes get a, Why don't you get a black shirt instead of that, that <laughs> blue time. shirt you always wear? Cheers. Thanks, yeah. Jesse. <laughs> it was all Go Cubs Sox. talk today, okay? They're the talk today. But you can I mean, follow Jesse at Jesse Rogers ESPN. What, what do you mean? The White Sox don't get no love. The position players reported, and Eloy Jimenez is in the best shape of his life. Good. I love BSOL. I'm all about it? that BSOL content. Who, Who said it? it? Who did? Eloy or? Yeah, we had him on. Oh, that's right. That was right before. That was the end of the week the other week when I was gone. Yeah. Best, shape of, his life. best shape of his life. By the way. John, by the way, John Carlos Stanton, I don't know what shape he's in, but he's in a different shape. <laughs> yeah. Round well, round is a shape, he, and he's the opposite. No, he's, yeah, he went he went straight line as a shape. So now. he feels more Whoa. like a baseball player. V. What, what was he doing before? Football player. No. Yes. Look, this dude's oh. always looked good. Now he just yeah. looks really good. Football players look good. They just look different. They're yoked as hell. Baseball players are not usually that He's freaking built and stacked. He no? is a he is a specimen. Uh, I would agree. I would agree. I mean, steroid days, the guys were like that, but they no, were also but... lab rats. So that's why you'd have you know thirty nine year olds hitting a billion homers. Like we don't really have that anymore. He's, he's going to hit no matter what weight he is. He is going to hit a billion homers if he gets his six hundred at bats. I think the shape he's in now is going to work for him as I you hope get so. older. I think the Brian flexibility. Cash definitely hope so. Yeah, the range of motion. Oh, he had said something there. He's like, oh, he knows. Wait, last thing, and then we'll run through some home run dudes real quick. Imanaga, I looked at some of the analytics projections. They've got him, like, in the fives, like the Pocotas and Fangraphs of Five the world. ERAs? They think that he is going to be a home run disaster in Chicago. In Wrigley, especially if the wind's But there out. is so much dissension because there are some that think that his fastball yes. is going to play. The, the fastball controversy with him oh, is thrilling. so cool. I cannot wait. He's one of the, I would say, like, Top few players I'm excited to watch just based on the debate alone. I want to see every how time this he plays. wakes up, he's gonna look out and be like, "Please be blowing in, please be blowing <laughs> in, please be." He's it's like, the, every the hitter that went him. there was like, "Please be blowing out, please be blowing out." Yeah. Okay, ready for our next guest and a first timer on FT. Um, I've seen him many times at the ballpark over the years. Total hustler, and he's all over the scene in Philadelphia right now. John Clark from NBC joining us. At the moment, John, great to see you. Looks like you got a pretty good smile on your face with all the star power around Philadelphia and now Whit Merrifield added to the mix. How's uh, Whit Merrifield Day going in Clearwater? Well, uh, in Philly terms, we're, we're saying whiz wit. That's how you order your cheesesteak in Philly, whiz wit or whiz wit out. Um, but yeah, he, he, he jumped in here on his first day. Uh, they just announced it's official. And the thing that was great about him, we just talked to him. And he said he got offers, at least one other offer, to be an everyday second baseman. But he, he was adamant. He said, look, I'm a three-time All-Star. I've led the league in hits twice. I've led the league in stolen bases. I have done all that. I want to win now. So he's taking a lesser role to come here to the Phillies because he wants to win. He wants to be a part of what the Phillies are building. And he talked to Bryce Harper a couple weeks ago. He saw the Phillies' playoffs on TV the last couple of years. So he literally turned down more playing time to come here and be, be a bench player, but maybe spell some guys because he wants to win. So I, I thought that was a great attitude to bring to this clubhouse. John, did he pay you to say that? Because now he's going to be the favorite. He's going to be the favorite in Philly. Anybody that comes to win in Philly is a fan favorite immediately. <laughs> he knows what to say. He knows exactly what to say. Um, but you know, 
this is a guy, he's coming in here, he's a gamer, he's going to get clutch hits, and, you know, he can play a couple times at second base as a right-handed bat if Bryson Stott needs a day off. But then also, you know, you got Johan Rojas in center field, and he struggled in the playoffs last year. So if Johan struggles hitting this year, Witt could play some outfield, maybe left field, and they'd move Brandon Marsh over to center. So it kind of gives them insurance, gives them that bat off the bench, but also insurance in case there's an injury or somebody else is just not getting it done. Makes sense. Yeah. I mean, he can play sense. anywhere. He can play short. So, you know, he can play anywhere. Like we talked about earlier. Who was the other team? That's what I want to know that offered him. And why was it the White Sox? And why didn't he sign there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We tried to get that out of him. He wouldn't give it to us, but, uh, uh you, know, you could probably make some guesses. Yeah. Well, okay. He's a former Royal and they signed every former Royal. We're, so. we're going to have him on this week. So we'll, we'll work yeah, on him. We're going to do we'll our best. Have hey. you, what's the outlook for this year? I mean, the team is pretty much set, right? The biggest news other than Whit Merrifield would be them trying to get Wheeler signed, and they've already opened discussions, according to some people out there. So is that like the big news at Philly camp? It's not like they're like, oh, man, we brought in Bryce Harper and Castellanos and Schwarber and Wheeler and Trey Turner. No, it's Alec Bone beat him in arbitration, and we need to sign Zach Wheeler. Yeah, no doubt. I do think another very interesting storyline is Bryce Harper yesterday reiterating to us what Scott Boris said in November, that he wants an extension and he's going to be 38 when his contract is up. He's got seven years left on his deal, but he said, I, I want to play until I'm 45. He said that during the season, he wants to play into his forties and he would like an extension. And it's interesting because he did say that he and Scott Boris are talking to Dave Dombrowski. And I think the Phillies right now are saying, Hey, 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 we got to take care of some other things here and there's more pressing needs. So, I believe they're going to push that to the back burner a year or two down the road or whatever, but it's kind of a little unprecedented because he doesn't have those opt-outs, which was great. He came to Philly and he didn't want to have that option of, of opting out like Manny Machado got more money. Uh, but I think the Phillies are kind of going to go with the status quo now, but Bryce did bring that up that he wants to get that done. But other than that, I would say Zach Wheeler is the number one thing that they are trying to get done. And and I, I tell you, the thing that's different this year than last year is you've got a healthy Bryce Harper from the get-go. Everybody is healthy and good to go here. And then last year, Trey Turner joins the Phillies and Taiwan Walker, and within four or five days, they're off to the WBC, and they're gone for a while. But now you have everybody together, everybody healthy, and I do think you're going to see this Phillies team start faster out of the gate this year because of that. Did you guys press press Bryce at all on that? And like, what were what were his? You know, I know Howard Eskin at least had to ask one stupid idiot moron dope question. You know, what like <laughs> did they did they press him or did he give any explanation of why he feels like he should have an extension? Well, here's my personal opinion. Um, he just, I guess, wants the security of knowing that he can be signed with the Phillies into his 40s or 45. But in my personal opinion, this is maybe my impression, I think ultimately in negotiations, you ask for something, you ask for many things, and you try to get maybe something else. Maybe what they are looking for in the end is to get that average annual value up. Because right now, he's way down on the list. You know, Maybe it's 26, maybe it's 35th in baseball, average annual value. But I think they probably want to get that up. I think they want to have it reworked. And so maybe if you ask for the extension to take him into his 40s, maybe the Phillies eventually in a year or so will meet them 
a little bit halfway and maybe he gets a raise to get his average annual value up. That's my guess. That's just my personal opinion because he does have seven years left on his contract and he's not going anywhere. So if, if he's still highly productive at the age of 38, it would be incredible. And I'm sure they would re-sign him and keep him. But I don't know. I, I don't see an extension happening that would take him to 45, but maybe, maybe they get the average annual value up in a year or so. Okay. I, I love this topic because it just, it's, it's interesting to me because you sign a 13 year deal, whatever 300 and whatever million dollar deal you sign to go to Philly, right? You don't ask for opt outs because you want to stay there. Why would the Phillies even, if I was Dave Dombrowski in Middleton and the Phillies, I'd be like, yeah, Bryce, guess what, dude, you got seven more years, bro. We'll talk to you then. Cause Guess what? No player ages at 38 is very good. Most of them aren't very good. And most of them aren't worth $40 million a year. Most of them aren't worth whatever you think. So, I mean, and this is just, and this is not me, but it's just a, a look of people and that have said things about this to me on like when I've met people, they're like, why is he asking for an extension? All it does is make him look unhappy. He's happy in Philly. I thought he says he's happy. So, is he does he just because his value's down? That also makes him more valuable to the Phillies because then they can go sign other guys because he's not making 70 million like Shohei, right? So this is kind of a look at me, oh my gosh, I'm not getting paid enough motion, even though we all think Bryce isn't like that. It just it's just such odd timing to me that as soon as like Shohei signs and Manny gets a new contract and he's like, Oh no, I need one too. Like, don't forget about me. Guess what, dude? You could you could have got opt-outs, you could have got more money. Whatever you could have gotten, this is what you chose. Now you're kind of stuck with it, and you seem unhappy. Well, first of all, like I agree with you. Bryce has loved Philadelphia, loved the Phillies. He said he wants to die in a Phillies uniform, and he has done everything right. And and he is underpaid for what he has brought to this team. He is He's the guy that stirs the drink. He's the guy, when they got him to come to Philly, other guys come here now. He recruits guys. He talked to Whit Merrifield. A few weeks ago, maybe he was part of talking Wit into coming here instead of being an everyday second baseman. But I, I think Scott Boris said it that Bryce should not be penalized for not having the opt out. Boris obviously wanted to have an opt out. Bryce just said, no, I want Philadelphia and I want everybody else to know I'm going to be here for 13 years so I can recruit other players. So maybe they will meet in the middle somewhere um, and, you know it might be a little crazy to extend somebody past age 38. I agree, but maybe, maybe they'll get that average annual value up. Um, and you want your superstar to be completely happy uh, is the bottom line. But I think that, I think that's down the road. I don't think that's this year, but I think for this team, this team has gotten so close the last two years and there really is a hunger. There really is uh, the way these guys show up and, and, and want to get over that window. And the team meeting today, I was told that owner John Middleton basically laid it out there. It is time to bring that bleep and trophy back. Like he told Ryan Howard in 2009, and it was a passionate, emotional speech. And I think the team knows that they've been close. They've got all the resources. Everybody's here. Everybody's healthy. It is time to get it done. Hey, John, on the recruiting trail, has Bryce decided to make any phone calls to his buddy Mike Trout because he spoke today and basically said he's loyal and he's going to try and get it all done in Anaheim, but he's getting up there in age and we've barely seen one of the best players of our generation play ball in the postseason. And it sounded like he essentially said he's pushing off 
any thoughts of even saying something to ownership besides, hey, let's go get some more players. I know when Philly fans see that, they're probably upset, right? It's the number one question I get when I'm in South Jersey or the Philly area. They're like, you think we can get Trout at some point to play with Harper? Well, Bryce, Bryce is good friends with him, talks to him. So I am sure when that time comes, Bryce will put in a big pitch. And it's interesting with Mike Trout. I do think there are certain guys who maybe want to stay away from playing in their hometown because of the pressure and all the things that come with it. Because some guys have said it can be overwhelming to, to play in the area you grew up in. But right now, that's not even a possibility. But heck, yeah, down the road, if Mike Trout says, okay, it's now time to possibly be traded, guarantee the Phillies will be in the mix and Bryce will be in their ear because he does that. He has recruited a lot of these guys to come here. He pushed for Nick Castellanos to come here, Trey Turner and uh, Kyle Schwarber, and then talked with Witt. So, so he is definitely right up there with the front office talking with them about who to push for and who to recruit and who to bring in here. All right. Being the Philly guy that you are, this is the last one from us here. Who owns this town? Hertz? Embiid or Bryce? That is such an awesome question, and, and we talk about this a lot. The bottom line for me is, who has actually done it? Well, Bryce Harper has been MVP here. He had his moment, his historic moment, against the Padres with the home run. They didn't have to go back to San Diego to go to the World Series. He has had his moment. Joel, hey, he's an MVP but he hasn't had his moment. He hasn't gotten his team to the finals or even the Eastern Conference finals. And then Jalen Hurts, he is obviously the face of the Eagles. He got them to the Super Bowl. But I think Bryce Harper, having been MVP and gotten the team to the World Series, I think right now he's the king of the town. And he is the guy, once they got Bryce Harper, attendance went up. They're now in the mix to go to the world series every year. And um, so I, that's my vote. What's your vote? I mean, Jalen hurts made it to this. I think whoever wins the first championship, I think it's, I think it's neck and neck. I think hurts needs a new offensive coordinator. Joel Embiid. I think it's a, is a, I think he's a distant third because there's just, there's just too much surrounding him. Yes. He won the MVP, but they need to get past the second round. They need a They need a championship this year. So, Whoever wins a championship is my vote, but I see it. You're getting paid by Wit and by Bryce, so I get it. Oh, You're, stop. You know, <laughs> you know where your allegiance lies. I like that. I like that. Hey, hey, first of all, Bryce has been more successful. Not only did he get to the World Series, he got to Game 7 of the NLCS. Jalen this year, they did not get back to the NFC title game. They, they fell apart. So to me, to me, it's Bryce. Hey, you I forgot like one. You guys forgot one team, though. The Union? No, the Flyers. Flyers. And why is Gritty? It should be Gritty. Isn't that his name? <laughs> Gritty's the man. He blew off Joey Votto. Like Gritty wins nobody. every day. Gritty wins all the time. You guys <laughs> forgot about him. Gritty's the second best. He's the second best mascot in the city. Well, yeah, but I yeah, don't that... know any Flyers players, so he's the only one for the Flyers I could come up with. <laughs> Eric Lindros. Yeah, I, mean, I, I, I know. I'm fucking with you. Yeah, it's a baseball show, as you can tell, John. Yeah. Uh, you can follow John at jclarknbcs, one of the best followers, Instagram and Twitter. John, great to have you on, man, and enjoy the sunshine. Hey, appreciate it, guys. Great show. I listened to it. So awesome job you guys are doing. Thanks.
Thank you, John. Really means a lot. Appreciate you. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.